You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 7th of February 2021. This week, Paul talks to local first-time writer Sharon Brown about her transition from teacher, how her children helped her publish her first work, and she reads from her book. 104.7 Rossendale Radio Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Weekend Wind Down, and it's time for our Waffle segment where we speak each week to different writers. Uh, we speak to uh, people who write for TV, for, for plays, for poems. We, we, we write, we, we speak to all writers of all kinds in all sorts of places. And sometimes we speak to people who are far, far away. People, you know, off down in that there in London or something, or, or people in, in faraway places abroad. But it's so nice to get somebody who's just down the road. Good afternoon, Sharon Brown. Welcome to the Weekend Wind Down. Hello, Paul. Thank you very much. And, uh, and I say just down the road, whereabouts are you calling us from this afternoon? I'm calling from Baycock this afternoon. I'm, um, I'm originally a Tomadin girl, but then I came over to the valley uh, and lived in Rottenstall for a while, but now I've been living in Baycock for the last two and a half years. So there you go. You've got the full valley experience. That's what we like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, I was going to say, you've probably got a little bit more of the snow up there than we've got. We're up here on the, the third floor at Rossendale Radio's Towers, and I can, I can, I've got a beautiful view of the valley. I can see just at the tops there uh, that uh, the snow's still, still about. So I should imagine you're a little bit colder than we are. <laughs> Oh uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I live, I live very high up as well. I live at the back of the cricket field, and about as high up as you can go. So whenever it does snow, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm housebound for a few days. So, um, which so, to yeah, be honest, to be honest, nowadays is Pardon? a very good. Nowadays is a very good thing. Staying in is is the is the new going out, as they say. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> the, well, we've not much choice at the moment, have we? It's not really. Who wants to go out anyway? It's all up. All old anyway. hat. Um, now, the reason yeah, you're talking to us this afternoon is uh, you've got an amazing book, and, and I just love that the, from the title of it, right, you just know that this is this is going to be worth your while. It's called If It's Making You Smile, It's Doing You Good. All right. Uh, now, do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, your amazing little collection of poems that you've got? Well, yes, it's all been a bit sudden, really. Um I mean, I mean I've, I've been writing poems for quite a number of years now. Um, I, lo- I worked uh, in one of the one of our local secondary schools, mm-hmm. and every time somebody had either a big birthday or they were getting married or retiring or any sort of special occasion, then I would write them an ode, mm. and uh, then I would read it out in front of the rest of the staff, and and they always seemed to go down pretty well. So. Uh, on top of that, I started writing um, a few poems just for my own amusement, mm. and it all sort of snowballed from there, really. This is what we found when we've spoken to poets before. It was it was like there was never a plan to be a poet, and yet I seem to have suddenly found myself being one. That's it's a, it's a, I mean, you, you, <laughs> taking that taking that leap from the from the classroom to to the, now becoming a poet. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing. That when you were going through your teacher training, I bet you never thought, you know, what, in years to come, I'm going to have a poetry book out. <laughs> Well, no, I never, I never really considered myself to be a poet, really. I just wrote silly rhymes, and, uh, and it just went on from there. <laughs> so, um, so, so anyway, the, the, the idea of the book came a bit later, mm-hmm. um, and that, that, that all happened on a very rainy day in Portugal. Right. And I've done... Pardon? No, I was, I was just agreeing with you. So, rainy day in Portugal. 
Really, very important. And I'd, I'd gone on holiday with five of my friends. We, we got to go, go to the same place every year to my friend's house in Portugal. And uh, one day, it absolutely threw it down all day. There was no letter, so it's quite obvious that we weren't going anywhere. So we, we sat in the house and we were chatting away and we got talking about films. And um, I said, had anybody seen a film called The Bucket List? Ah, yes. And um, no, nobody had heard of it. So <laughs> I was explaining to them what it was all about. Uh, and I said, oh, it's, it's, it's a lovely film. It's about two elderly gentlemen that are terminally ill in hospital. And they were writing a list of things that they wanted to do before they kicked the bucket. So my friend Sue said, oh, what a good idea. Why don't we do that? We just pass the afternoon on and we can all write things down that we want on our bucket list and then we'll go through them, swap notes afterwards and see if anybody's got the same thing. So that's where it all started with the bucket list. So, so somewhere on your list was, I'm going to publish a book of my poems. <laughs> well, I started, I started writing my list and, of course... I'd written all the things down that, you know, the places that I wanted to travel to and things I wanted to see and I wanted to do. And then I decided there and then that I should really set myself a couple of challenges for my bucket list. So I decided there and then that I would write a book, however bad it was, and I would write a song, however bad it was. Um, and the reason I say however bad it was, because at that point, I, I, had, I had no intentions of anybody else ever really reading it. It was purely for my own amusement. So that was where the idea of the book came from. It was from the film The Bucket List. Well, that's, I mean, if you're going to take inspiration, take it from a movie. That's that's probably, and you're coming directly after our movie hour as well. It's like you almost planned this. Um, All right. <laughs> and it, it's, a, it's a lovely looking book as well. We we, we sometimes, um, <clears throat> here on the show, we, we get so, uh, sent quite a few, uh, quite a few publications from debut authors and things like that. And you, and you sort of think, okay, you can kind of tell this has been printed in their back bedroom. But this is a really lovely book. It's got, a, um, you know, a just really nice and bright and welcoming book. And, uh, and it's, uh, and, and it's really simple to read as well. It's a, uh, it's lovely laid out. I very much enjoyed reading it this week, um, and we're going to we're going to delve into the book um, in the second part of the interview, if that's all right. Um, but in the meantime, um, we always asked our guests to um, uh, plan out the playlist for us uh, in this section of the show. Uh, now we've just had, as, well, as I mentioned, our movie hour, and we have a bit of a thing called Disney time. So we have we always play a Disney song a week, and you're giving everybody a bit of double dose of Disney this week uh, because uh, you've gone for a song from Pocahontas from your for your first choice uh why is it you've gone for for colors of the wind well i I chose disney because i think reality for a lot of people is pretty grim at the moment and i think we could all do with a bit of escapism i love a bit of escapism and um I, i just i'm disney mad i absolutely love all things disney uh i particularly love disney music because um, Alan Menken is the guy who writes a lot of the songs for Disney films, and I think some of his music is absolutely beautiful. Um, you've got things like um, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Little Mermaid and Frozen. Um, but I've gone for Colours of the Wind because not only do I like the tune, but I think the words are good as well because it sort of tells us that, you know, we've got things on our planet that we take for granted and we need to look after. And if we don't, we're going to lose them. So a bit, a bit of a, you know, 
mixed thing there, you know, the, the, the tune and the lyrics. Well, that's it's, it's an absolutely beautiful tune. Let's listen to it now. This is Vanessa Williams, Colours of the Wind. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rossendale Radio. And follow us on Twitter at Rossendale Radio. Proud to be your local radio station. 104.7 Rossendale Radio, Lancashire. Welcome back to 104.7 Rossendale Radio. It's Paul Jenkins here with the Waffle segment here as part of the weekend wind down. And I'm speaking to Sharon Brown. Uh, and now we're talking about Sharon's book, uh, If It's Making You Smile, It's Doing You Good. And we talked about her poetry. Uh, and Sharon, you've lined up uh, a piece of work for us uh, to share now. Uh, this is one of the pieces from your book. What's uh, what's the title of it? Uh, the title of this poem is When Grandad Kicks the Bucket. Excellent. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand over to you then when Grandad kicks the bucket. <laughs> right. Okay. Here goes. When Grandad kicks the bucket, Mum's buying me a bike. Well, I've wanted one for ages and I've seen one that I like. But we haven't got a bucket or a mop to clean the floor. So I think I'll have to borrow one. I'll nip round to next door. Excuse me, Mrs. Grimshaw, I said to Mum's best friend, but have you got a bucket that me Mum and Dad could lend? She said, why do you want one? And I'm thinking, just be quick. I said, I need a bucket. So my granddad burped a kick. She roared with helpless laughter and said, what are you like? Mum says that when he kicks it, I can have a brand new bike. She said, here, take this brown one and give it to your ma. And tell her while she's at it, I wouldn't mind a brand new car. <laughs> I said that I would ask her, but I didn't hold much hope. I said I thought she'd stood more chance of me dad becoming Pope. I told her I were grateful. She said, my pleasure, hon. I promised I'd return it just as soon as job were done. So I raced back round to my house with the bucket from next door and I gave it to my mother and she asked me, what's this for? I said, it's for me granddad, for me and our Mike. He said that when he kicks it, I can have a brand new bike. And Mike wants to scale extra. You promised that he could. Let's nip, nip round now to Grandad and get job done for good. She said, you silly apes. What I said was just a joke. It's just a right old saying that's well known to older folk. Well, how the heck should I know? It's just daft if you ask me. You build your children's hopes up and then you let them down for free. So now I think it's safe to say there isn't going to be a scale trick for my brother or a brand new bike for me. Oh, bless them. <laughs> Poor old kids. Now, where's the scale trick? Come on. <laughs> I should have pointed out, Paul, that um, all, all my poems are written as though they're through the eyes of a child. So, <laughs> so <laughs> no, when what? I was reading that one, you would imagine that I was like a, a seven-year-old little boy. So, um, Well, you know what? That yeah. was going to be my question about the about the piece in particular because um, I, I've, I've noticed this, and we, we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago. With We, we had a gentleman on called Keith Hudson, uh, we were we, we were discussing about there are certain poets who we think are kind of page poets and there are others who consider themselves performance poets and you when you took that on i firmly believe you you forget right uh, who you're talking to i could easily have been speaking to a seven-year-old child at that point and is, is that something you consciously did when you were writing you thought you know what i want to i want to be in the shoes of the person i'm writing on behalf of I started off doing that, and then um, they all sort of carried on along the same vein. 
it's it, I think probably I think probably two reasons that I write as though I'm uh, you know a, a child is one the first one is because I've probably just never grown up yep. <laughs> and, and secondly I just I just think that children are so naturally funny and quite often they're funny without really knowing that they're being funny so um so that's what I sort of uh, done my writing in, in the style of a child. It is. I mean, and you, you know this working in education. There are sometimes there are things that you, you come home at the end of the day and you try and explain to everybody else in your house. You go, and, and this kid said this today. And, 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 and honestly, I'm trying to put it in context of why we were laughing so much. But and you can never kind of capture it. But the way that you've done this through that sort of innocence through, of the, through the kids in the book is, is, is really lovely. Um, I, I remember coming home one day and there was one of the, we were doing a descriptive writing task. And one of the we, we asked them to describe what a cat was. And, and he was he just struggled got completely on the spot and he went uh, i don't know it's, it's it's a bit like a bus but but it hasn't got wings and i was like how on <laughs> <laughs> and the whole class we lost them all for about half an hour yeah um and it was oh, but everyone yeah. saw the funny side of it because we've all been there we've all just said the first nonsense that comes into our heads and and, oh, yeah. and yeah. I, th- I think that that lo- that lovely misconception of of granddad kicking the bucket but actually, you know, this is—it's just a saying, and, and kids making misconceptions. That's that—that that was <laughs> well, really. They take things so literally, don't they, children? So, um, so, they, so they, yeah, they would uh, would think that way. They can, <laughs> and you said—I mean, you must have had this. I mean, you said you worked as a as a teaching assistant within a school, uh, and you must have had yeah. this uh, sort of. You know, you you work quite closely with kids, working on sometimes on a one to one basis with them, even. Um, yeah. Did do you think that experience has, has helped you sort of spending time, you know, large amounts of time? with young people does that help writers who write for young people if they spend a lot of time actually you know working and sitting down with kids yes i think so i mean i mean the the, the stories we could tell about things that we hear and see every day in school but obviously we're not allowed to but some of the funniest things and uh, yeah yeah i think it, it it must sort of rub off on you a bit it is. It's. Uh, I, I, it's one of the things I really miss at the moment about because uh, you know you can't go into sort of schools to do workshops or be able to sort of teach a class at the moment. Um, and I know a lot of the, the teachers, and you'll have this or former colleagues who are, who are probably struggling a little bit with like I just want to be back in my classroom right now. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, do you think these these books? What would you say that um, if if uh, I, I mean could could you see these sort of maybe are they for adults to read and get into the kids minds or 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 are these for for kids and just family poems that actually children will enjoy as well well well, i wrote them originally thinking that it well thinking if anybody was going to read them it would probably be adults and Mm. then uh, i've had a few people say oh i bought it for my young niece or my young nephew and i thought well maybe it is reaching out to younger children as well it is, and I think there's been a big push on poetry in the last couple of years, particularly in the classroom. And I think actually a lot of these I can see, you know, very much as, as pieces they might recite in assembly or something like that. You know, the, you know, really, really nice because you've got lovely simple rhyme schemes in there for them. You know, the you know, right, the, the the rhymes with bike and like at the beginning was was just really lovely and sort of reminiscent of some of those uh, sort of you know really lyrical uh, poems that you get as kids that that really do stick in your mind. It was it it was it was really nice to to um, to read uh, sit down and read the other night um we're going to um, just going on that performance element um this this kind of links to your um your next song choice uh because you've gone for shallow uh by lady gaga and bradley cooper and of course that's from a star is born uh which is yeah. uh, which is you know a big massive uh, performance uh, in in itself um why why shallow why is that what, what why have you chosen this particular song i, I chose shallow because 
My my favourite entertainer of all time is Barbara Streisand. Ah. I, I think she's absolutely wonderful. She's got everything. She can sing, she can act, she can do everything. But I also love Judy Garland as well. And the thing that Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland have in common is that they both starred in the film A Star Is Born in, in different versions. Mm. So when I found out that they were going to do yet another remake of A Star Is Born with Lady Gaga, I was quite horrified oh. i just thought well why are they doing another one when they've got two perfectly good ones already and to be honest i didn't know very much about lady gaga so um i went to the cinema to see it fully expecting to come away having hated every minute of it but i watched it and absolutely loved it and i loved all the music from it and I just love this song that she sings with Bradley Cooper, which is Shallow. It is. It's, it's a gorgeous song. Uh, and, uh, and I hope it everybody is. enjoys it at home. This is uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. The Frequency. 104.7. The Area. Rossendale Valley. The Station. Rossendale Radio. Welcome to the Weekend Wind Down. It's Paul Jenkins here. This is the final part of our interview this afternoon as part of our Waffle segment. And I'm speaking to poet Sharon Brown about her book, If It's Making You Smile, It's Doing You Good. Uh, and uh, and it's certainly doing us good this afternoon. We're having a right old time here. Uh, <laughs> very much enjoying ourselves. Probably enjoying ourselves far too much. I should be working at this, shouldn't I? Um, and uh, all of the all of this is, is coming together. And uh, you, you you shared that, that, that lovely poem about Grandad kicking the bucket uh, before. And uh, apologies, by the the way i cannot i noticed you went into a very very proper lancastrian and my my lancastrian accent i've lived here for 15 years i i don't think i've quite nailed it yet um but uh, <laughs> you're going to share another one of your poems for us now aren't you yes yes um this poem is called caught in the act caught in the again, act. You've got to imagine, again you've got to imagine that it's it's a child it's uh, telling you the tale. I'm quite interested to know what they've been caught in the act doing. This is <laughs> <laughs> right. All will be revealed. I love six weeks holes in the summer. It's magic between me and you. You get to stay up till it's right late at night and do things you don't normally do. Well, one Thursday night about seven, two mates called round, Maggie and Ted. They said, "Are you coming? We're going to park." I stood there and nodded my head. I said to my mum, can I go then? She looked at us all and said, fine. Just make sure you don't get in trouble, my lad, and see that you're back before nine. Don't worry yourself, Mrs Jackson, Ted said to her, grabbing my arm. We'll make sure that John stays with us all the time. We'll see that he comes to no harm. Well, park's only just round the corner, so getting there wasn't a drag. When all of a sudden, Ted reached in his coat... And guess what? He pulled out a fag. Well, I stood there with my mouth open. I couldn't believe my own eyes. Because I'd never known him do something like this. It came as a complete surprise. Then Maggie said, Go on, it's your turn. I said, Are you kidding? Not me. My mother will murder me if she finds out. And find out she will, just you see. Then Ted said, And who's going to tell her? Well, I'm not, and neither is Mag. So stop being such a mummy's boy wimp. There's no harm in having one drag. He scoffed. What's wrong with you, Jackson? It looks to me like you're scared. I said, go on then. I'll have one little puff. Well, you have to once you've been dead. 
He gave me the sag and I held it. He told me I'd have to be quick, so I breathed in the smoke and I started to cough and I thought I was going to be sick. The next voice I heard was my mother's. And instantly I felt a tear. She yelled, Oh, John, put that filthy thing down this minute, then get over here. By now I'm beginning to tremble. I knew this weren't going to be nice, because my mum's got hands just like Cassius Clay's and the grip's like a carpenter's vice. I couldn't believe that she'd caught me. I honestly wished I were dead. She said, just you wait till your father gets home, till then you can get up to bed. I thought I could try and dodge past her. I wanted to get to my bed, but sadly I got just a little too close and she cracked me round back of my head. I we got in the house, I was shaking. I, I struggled to stay on my feet. Don't let me catch you smoking again. And she smacked me bum hard on each beat. I didn't want to try it in first place, and I never want any more. Because one thing I've learned about smoking is this. It doesn't half make your bum sore. Oh, dear. <laughs> what, a, what a tale of consequence. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's uh, you know what when i was listening to that there's there's certain poets that that you, that you hear uh, you really reminded me of of somebody like gervais finn who, who again was a former teacher actually who, who, who wrote about kids uh and there's uh there's there's one like on our day trip to scarborough uh, and it's that real narrative storytelling but i i think really realistic version of, of events actually even though you've written it in rhyming couplets and it's it's got that kind of light-hearted storytelling to it um it's, it's almost like a kind of albert and the lion reminiscent of st- stuff like that it's it's a real kind of you know epic storytelling poem um d- did you have a lot of fun writing these oh yes yeah i really enjoyed writing them and then i tried to write things that i thought people could relate to you know i mean i've written one about children getting nits and um <laughs> Like I say, getting caught smoking and things like that, and uh, hopefully people can just relate to to them a little bit. Well, those are real stories, aren't they? Those are the ones everybody, every kid at some point or another has memories of the knit nurse coming in, right? And, and you oh, know, pull yeah. it, pulling your hair to bits to try and find out whether you yeah. got this and then shuffling children <laughs> off to a side room. Uh, it was, you know... Nicky Nora, the bug explorer. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we've all got memories of it wherever we grew up yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, so it's it's those bits, and I, and I think that's one of the lovely things about your poems is that young or old, you know, if it's, if it's a young kid now looking at it, they go, oh, yeah, this happened last week to me. Whereas, uh, you know, I'll look at it and go, yeah, this happened 30 years ago to me. It's there's certain <laughs> things about school just don't change. Uh, and it's uh, it, it is lovely the way that you've managed to tap into that, um, that that kind of rich vein of of, of what kids think. And I, and I think it is it is really it's it's quite a talent to be able to do to actually put yourself in the in the shoes wholly of somebody else and I, and, and as i say it's, it was a lovely lovely book to read um we're going to obviously you. recommend it to the the people of the valley um and what uh, how, how would we get hold of a copy of this this fine publication uh amazon yeah uh, if you just go onto amazon if you just go onto amazon and type in if it's making you smile it's doing you good it should should come up with it it is, and it's. I've got to say, it's a, it's a fairly. You can get it on Kindle, which is good, uh, and on paperback as well. Yeah. Uh, pr- uh, pr- very reasonably priced, I've got to say. Uh, just uh, just two ninety five, which is very good. Um, and uh, and it's it's uh, uh, still in stock, which is wonderful. Sometimes we, we we sometimes have authors on and they go, well, my book's not in stock at the moment, but uh, but actually, this is this is lovely. And I'm just reading actually. There's there's some of the because uh, you can leave reviews 
on on Amazon. Just having a look at uh, some of the uh, the reviews now. Uh, read several of these poems. Uh, it was it was uh, my privilege to work with this lovely lady for many years, which is very nice. Uh, ordered with great dis- uh, anticipation, wasn't disappointed. Uh, another one, brilliantly funny poems, topical and stories you can relate to. Uh, Light hearted and funny collection of poems that made me smile. This it, it really does look like there's it sort of had a widespread uh, sort of the thing that people generally say about it is it made me smile and uh, and i think there's a lot of people need that at the moment isn't there i think so i think we all need cheering up at the moment don't we yeah it's been it's been long enough since we had a smile i think we need if we need one or two of them um it's been lovely talking to you this afternoon sharon uh, and uh, you've been, now, you know i you were you were in the zone and you and i i, I thoroughly apologize for this i was i was just uh, queuing up the next track and uh, angela lansbury very briefly cut across you in the middle of that uh so uh, so uh, um uh, so uh, every, uh, you've, your next track um, is "Everything's Coming Up Roses." Uh, now, now there's a bit of a scandal developing here between uh, you, you, yourself and our good Sophie Lord, who uh, who, uh. who follows this show at seven o'clock. Because I, I always tell Sophie if somebody's chosen a track from a musical, I always let her know in advance. And uh, I, I, I messaged her earlier and said, uh, "You know, Sharon's chosen "Everything's Coming Up Roses." Is that all right? And she went, "Oh yeah, that's fine. She's chosen the Bet Midler version, hasn't she?" <laughs> And you came back with no. <laughs> You've gone for the Angela Lansbury version, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I chose the Angela Lansbury version because I'm a, I'm a, a big musical theatre fan, as, as Sophie knows. Uh, and Gypsy was the first show I ever saw in the West End in London, and it was with Angela Lansbury, and she was just amazing. And I've got to, I've got to give it to Sophie that I do think that Bette Midler is probably the second best Rose that I've ever seen, but <laughs> Angela is definitely the best. <laughs> well there you go this is and i'm not going to argue with you you're the guest and you're in charge so this <laughs> this is everything's coming up roses uh coming your way thank you very much sharon uh we'll uh, we hope to speak to you again soon and uh, and uh, let us know when the uh, next collection of poems comes out okay i will do and thank you for having me on the show paul i've Brilliant. enjoyed it thank you oh, it's been lovely to talk to you here's angela lansbury 104.7 rossendale radio and there we go. We come to the end of another Waffle the Bite Size podcast. My thanks to Sharon Brown for being my guest on the show this week. It was lovely to uh, share a few stories with you about being around school and uh, and being around kids and particularly writing from the point of view of children. Um, it's, it's lovely to hear that and those realistic but funny stories that she's managed to capture in this beautiful book to make you smile. Uh, and any anything that is designed to make people smile, especially right now, is very, very good in my book. So thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and we hope to speak to you again when there's uh, there's more content coming our way. Uh, my thanks as ever uh, go to our friends at Rossendale Radio for allowing us to broadcast on a Sunday afternoon on the show and of course to Melanie Kemp for all of her work editing and producing Waffle the Bite Sized Podcast. Stay safe everybody and uh, we will see you very very soon.